Welcome to The Ledge. My name is Chris Harper, and I'll be your host every week. Every Tuesday, I will interview an artist, developer, or creative mind from the Web3 space. I'll be getting up close and personal with my guests as we explore the emerging crypto art and NFT scene. It is my feeling, along with many others, that we are in a digital renaissance. The emergence of blockchain technology has revolutionized the way we look at ownership, provenance, and digital assets. It is my goal as your host to help shed light on these complex subjects, and even more so, the individuals behind it all who are carving out their place in history here on the ledge of Web3. Welcome to another episode of The Ledge this morning. I'm here with Jordan Banks. Jordan's from London. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks, man. Will you just uh, introduce yourself? Where you're from, where you live? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jordan Banks. I'm a travel and documentary photographer from London. I've been working as a photographer for like 20 something years now doing all sorts of stuff, but predominantly in the travel and destination sort of genre started off very photojournalistic, doing national geographic covering war conflict correspondence you know time life magazine not life because life wasn't a thing when i was but you know that sort of genre of photography uh, reuters and things and then that led me into just the nicer side of life as well telling like the really important stories and travel destination stuff that was a lot safer basically the world was changing it was getting a lot more you know it was photojournalism wasn't quite as safe. I mean, it was never safe, but it was getting, you know, very unsafe and you were on your own, you know, images weren't being valued as highly as they should be for the risks people were taking and still aren't even in just traditional life. But um, yeah, that led into sort of National Geographic travel, tourist boards, um, uh, hotels, like destiny, you know, things like that. Like that, that was the real money maker for me. That's where you can sort of make a career out of it. Hotels, banks, you know, right. travel industry, yeah. stuff but then I actually I'm a still like at heart I'm a photojournalist like that's what I love telling stories editorial mm-hmm. photography so I started a magazine as well so I'm now the co- like creative director I guess I'm the co-founding editor creative director of a travel mag an award-winning travel magazine that um yeah we've just brought oh, into wow. web3 as well I mean it's a physical thing and it's you know it's a pretty successful business in or, or I say business it's not really but yeah, it's a business, but you know, it's, it's meant to help people. It's meant to make the world a better place and like support yeah. artists and creatives. So, and yeah, we've just dropped that into web three and yeah, that's pretty much my sort of story in brief, really. That's awesome, man. How, how old are you, Jordan? 41. You're 41. Yeah. Did you grow up with computers and digital in the digital? I mean, how'd you grow up? What was your childhood like? I like I say computers were there. I can't remember models because I wasn't a computer person. But like we were, yeah, you know, when I was a cusp, right? Of, yeah, yeah. So the internet. I mean, I didn't. I was still traveling in Guatemala in two thousand and two, three, four, something like that. I forget exact periods. Yeah. I didn't have an iPhone. I didn't have a computer with me. I didn't have a laptop. We still used internet cafes. You know, it was. So yeah, I mean, I, I knew Guatemala how to. In two thousand one. Uh, I, no, I can't. How old? Two, no, I would have been. I think I left in two thousand five August time, and I think I was there oh. for two years, give or take. So That's yeah, funny. I was down in Guatemala myself around that time, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Wild place, man. Wild yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love it, man. Like that is our like spiritual home. Not, I mean, Guatemala, South Southern Mexico, Latin America, Nicaragua. You know, Peru is like. That's there what was no internets or cell phones down there then, you know, and I, this is that's how I found out about Harry Potter. Uh, you know, Harry Potter was a thing and I was traveling in Guatemala around that time and I was looking for something to read and the only book in English that I could find in a bookstore down there was Harry Potter. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Dude, I, I got hooked on it. I love yeah. Harry Potter because... <laughs> I've, I've never actually read them or seen a film, but um, there's a very oh, famous good. location in. Yeah. Like we, I run a lot. I go up to Scotland a lot and run a lot of workshops and things like that. And um, the Glencoe Vi- Glenfinnan Viaduct is like the, where the train takes off from. So it's like used to be this yeah. spot that like nobody went to apart from a few photographers, and suddenly now it's got this giant car park and like hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people come a year. But it's good for the local places. Right on, man. That's yeah. Cool. What was your education like? Uh, yeah, pretty, yeah, good, very good. I was pretty lucky, really, because um, I came, I was brought up in Saudi Arabia, so I was in American schools there, which okay. 
Well, I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is sort of, I left when I was eight or nine, I think. So yeah. I don't really know. But I mean, it, I'd say they were pretty high quality. There was a lot of money in Saudi Arabia. So people were paid well, especially yeah. in, you know, the early 80s. So um, then I was lucky enough to get into where I live is a Reading Grammar School, which is like mm. one of the top schools in the country, but you don't have to pay for it. It's a grammar school. So it's a very, very good school. Right. But it, um, and I somehow did a test at what we call 11 plus and managed to get into this school that's sort of, you know, up on the levels of some of the top private schools in the country when it comes down to records and grades and what have you. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, I was I was the, considered the dumbest in the class or the, the least intelligent. I mean, I was with some genius. I was probably a little a bit above my station in reality of like, but it stood me in good stead, I think, just meeting those people and having, you know, that sort of what you think of as useless knowledge still. Yeah. It gives you that base of education of how to learn and how to educate yourself, which, right uh, you know, at 13, 14, 15, 18, even 25, probably, I didn't really realize the value of that. But as you mature, you obviously go, actually, that yeah did mean something. Were you into the arts at all? No, I was big on sport, really. I mean, I, I was I took I got into like photography and filming through skateboarding. I mean, I used to play a lot of like sport, cricket, rugby, football, and um skateboarding as well, just on the side. And um, yeah, got into taking photos that way. But I, I like I say, at that time, you know, this is all film. It was we were young, there was no it wasn't even considered really I mean, it was an art form. But it wasn't like photography is today, you know. You you know you remember. Yeah. I mean, we're talking yeah. the mid nineties. I mean, it was film cameras. It was throwaway. It was you know it was sure. it was yeah. kind of a geeky <laughs> profession. So <laughs> yeah. as it were, it wasn't the cool thing to do. And um, yeah, the, I fell into the arts just like I went to college and I actually wanted to be a physiotherapist. I thought how cool, you know, I wasn't quite the grade to make a professional sports person. Okay. So I thought, what's the next best thing? How do I get involved with doing this without having to be that level? Yeah. And sort of physiotherapy seemed like a good, or physiotherapist. So I sort of went down the sports science track, but it just wasn't for me. It was very intellectual and very, you know, scientific, which I sort of, yeah. I just wanted uh, to hang out with football players and, you know, be sort of kick a ball around and live the sportsman lifestyle without. Right. <laughs> and then I needed something to do. And uh, instead of, you know, I could drop out or I could try and study something and get some grades so it was suggested to me, why don't you try it? There was a photography course in the college I went to. And um, yeah, that seemed like, to be honest, it seemed like a drop, like kind of easy option. I already took pictures, you know, let's just, yeah, why not? This, How hard can this be? And that's led to this career in the end, really. Nice. What was your first job? Uh, I, <laughs> I always classed my first job. I got a job shooting and I was very young, like 18, 19, out in Botswana, Namibia, and oh, wow. Zambia, and that was for a game lodge out there. And I don't even know yeah. how I got the job, to be honest. But I, I think as well, I put a lot of my sort of early success down to, I mean, I worked hard and wanted to do it, but yeah. it was a lot of right place, right time. A bit like the Web3 thing now, I think. It's like, you know, not, right. it wasn't the cool thing to do. It was still very much, it was all film, really. I mean, there was £10,000 cameras that some of the major names oh, might man. be using. But it was dragging film. those cameras around Africa is not easy. No, <laughs> I mean it was luxury. I, I you know I, I got thrown in the the good end because suddenly I'm in these fantastic lodgers and Botswana, right. and it was just like, and then obviously the reality <laughs> hits as well that like, you know, you start doing some other stuff, and it um, yeah, it's, it's a lot more gritty and grindy and that sort of thing. But yeah, that was that that's my first official one, I'd say. That nice. Did do you have any other like traditional art background besides out of, outside of photography? Have you ever done anything else? Like, no, nothing no. at all. I'm not very. I, I create. I'm, I say I'm not. I don't really consider myself. It's only in the last sort of five years or so I've even considered myself an artist, as it were, because yeah. I don't know whether it, it, it's not because I didn't respect photography as an art, because I definitely thought there was photographers who were artists. But yeah, for me, it just seemed to come very naturally without i don't want to sound big header but it just didn't feel like i was really creating like to the same level of someone who maybe you know sculpted or painted or even acted it wasn't like that real change or like bodily function it was very it was all internal i guess photography it's kind of doesn't require any physical motion yeah. it's just apart from the obvious you know human walking and crouching and stuff it's all yeah. how you see the world so it sort of took me a while to actually use the term artist to describe myself but no no my parents are both <laughs> In, no, no. My my grandfather was like everyone's grandfather. I think he had a camera and he took pictures because he's got the family. And so, what did your parents you, do? What were your parents? Uh, my dad is a 
he's done it basically property, but he runs a company in property management now. Oh, wow. Well, he's retired now, but he yeah. still has a company. But yeah, property management nice. with blocks and flats. So yeah, nothing. He, you know, still to this day is like, you know, you could be making a lot more money if you'd come in and done this. <laughs> and, you know, and I'd have been right. like, yeah, but I wouldn't have been to like, all these incredible places or life experience yeah. i'd have seen an office <laughs> and it's a typical dad i guess and my mum uh which actually very work, worked out really nicely worked for british airways and oh, she got nice. <laughs> she, she got the job because my parents loved to travel so before yeah. i was you know traveling on my own she had this job and the whole point it was just work part-time get you know the, the bonuses of free flights and very very cheap oh, tickets yeah. <laughs> and then obviously i so for me to build portfolios or even just get jobs i could sort of angle hey i don't need you don't need to spend a thousand pound to get me there i can get there for 50 quid or right. you know so it helped, and obviously if i want to just go work on a project as well i could get to india for you know i remember flying out for 80 pound return to india i mean so you could go for five days I and mean, when you want to do in india it's cheaper than any you know so it's like it allowed me to build a portfolio very, very easily or places I wanted to go and explore and festivals and events and things. I was, I had a, I had a photographer on this show once. His name is Eric Rubens. He's, he works for uh, United airlines and American express and the four seasons. I know Eric. I know him. I know him. I, I, got, we met in New York. Yeah. Like dream job of dream jobs. Of yeah. Dream jobs, right? I, I mean, I think me and Eric, uh, the way we do things is very, I mean, we, we haven't, we don't know each other that well, but our sort of, it seems to me like we do our things, but where we really make our money yeah. is probably out of those gigs. Like, you know, the, the what doesn't sort of, I suppose, Delta Airlines is travel, but, you know, like not directly. It's not just like doing magazines like Nat Geo. That's the sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, is. no, no. I think you guys have similar kind of careers. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, yeah like I said, we've never really talked about it, but it definitely seems like from what I see him doing and when we have met and stuff, it seems What do you shoot crazy. with? What's your camera? Uh predominantly well all nikons now yeah nikons so i uh, i work i'm sort of a nikon creator so i work very closely with the uk or the european section and not officially an ambassador yet but um he, he's like a sony ambassador so that's why i was asking i thought yeah maybe, yeah there might be a connection there no no i i know quite a few sony ambassadors like there's quite a few of them isn't there around which is well i think so they think they give you a lot of free equipment <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> nikon's not and sony's a huge brand i mean it out you know Nikon's a fairly small niche brand still in comparison with Sony. I mean, the size of that yeah. company, but yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this career of yours, man. It sounds like you've been all over the world. What's some of the best places you've been? Some of the most, and you know, talk about anything interesting that you've done. You said you were a, a war correspondent even. Yeah, I did some conflict stuff. So I did, I mean, I didn't go directly into any wars because when I was there, when I was in this, there wasn't any way of getting into war for myself at that level at the age I was. So I did sort of some yeah. stuff of the rise of the Balkans and stories on that. Um, went out to cover some conflicts in West Africa. I've done some sort of conflicts in Southern Mexico and, um, oh. and social issues in Guatemala as well. Yeah. But um, my favorite, I, th I mean, Guatemala is like holds my heart. Like that sort of, that country, I just love it. I mean, I know it's it's got its you know downfall downfalls, um, but yeah, you know that's you've done a lot of traveling in Central America. <laughs> yeah, so I well, I was over there working as a correspondent, sort of for Reuters and things like that, and we we're yeah. doing stuff for National Geographic, Lonely Planet, all sorts of stuff, and covering sort of Central America for about a year and a half. And I worked actually it was in Central America and Southern Mexico because I'm a. Uh, technical diver so i could actually guide in the caves or the cenotes no so you're a diver too yeah yes yeah. So i'm a paddy instructor but i have never actually taught anyone but i did do nice. the iantd which is the international air and nitrox of technical Dive yeah. association yeah and um yeah so i could actually guide in the caves. so i got some jobs shooting the caves as well because i was skilled enough wow. to actually not just go into the cavern go fully hours into the cave and explore so i was just sort of wheeling and dealing really i guess in photography yeah. terms like of another place that is you know is croatia i mean not my wife is from there and you know we've lived there for time and it's become you know it's my second home but i think dubrovnik especially when i turned up there i'd never seen anything like it i mean and still That's to this day city, yeah yeah it's just unbelievable have you been no but I, it's on my list man i really yeah. want to get down there yeah man. i mean and I, and I think i totally wasn't expecting it as well so i just turned up there not really doing much research and was like wow this place is and again, it was, you know, it was quiet. Now it's really busy in the summers. Then it was still just coming out of the war and yeah. um, recovering a bit. Uh, where else? I really, I'm, I'm a big fan. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. So like the Islamic world sort of feels like home to me, you know, Egypt, Turkey. How did you come to live in Saudi Arabia? Your father? Is that your, yeah, is my dad. Uh, 
was a, I think, vice president of a company that built expat homes during the late seventies oh. and all through exactly. the eighties. It's actually, I mean, it was owned by a Saudi Iranian who lives very near me, and we're still friends, or my they're still friend, family friends, and um, yeah, he just sold it actually. So it's you know it's been going. He's been. I mean, phenomenal business, what they built there. I mean, they were building homes for people with more money than they knew what to do with. And just the money was just flowing in. It was, I mean, not my dad didn't unfortunately flow in, but for the owners and the people who, the money men, it was just a wild I'm time. now that like Saudi Arabia is trying to keep up with Dubai, you know, they're trying to be the com- competition for Dubai and it's going to be a race to see who can do it better, I think. Yeah, they're really pumping like in Jeddah oh and Riyadh. God. They are really, and <laughs> the, I mean, there was... They were trying to build the tallest building, I think the Jeddah Tower or something, but it's stalled. I'm not sure, but they definitely they need to improve a few things. I think. I mean, I really want to go back and see it. My yeah. my dad's got no interest in it. Like he's like, you know, this is not. Over it. I was there for you know, it was a good time. He had a good time, but you know, it was he doesn't believe in a lot of what they're doing, and you know, with the yeah. human rights and things like that, and you know, having seen it firsthand as an adult, I think he's a bit more like you know, I've been there, I've done that. Seventeen years of my life were spent over there. <laughs> I don't need to go yeah. back and. How'd you become a diver? What got you into diving? I'm just curious. I'm a diver myself. That's why I'm asking. I'm I'm Uh, really into diving and have done some pretty exotic trips. Nice. I mean, exploration, I just love to explore, I guess. But I grew up in the Red Sea, obviously in Jeddah. Um, Yeah. So we just go into the thing and I just, you know, it's very shallow water. So I could even just start when I was young, put a weight belt on, you'd be at two meters. Feels like you're diving at 30 to a seven, eight year old. Wow. And then didn't dive for years, never did a paddy and just thought, actually, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to do. And so I just did it when I was in, I think, 16, 17. I thought I'll get my open water. And then as I travel and, you know, in between jobs, I would decide to go to place. You know, I still I still didn't really think photography was a career. You know, you're 16, 17, 18, 22. You're sort of like get some photography jobs and like I'll do this. And when and if any time I had spare, I didn't go back to London because, you know, I'd have to be with my parents and live in their home. Mm. And also I didn't have a house. So it was like, and also it cost me lots to live in London or the UK. Whereas yeah. I could go to India, Thailand and just get a bungalow on the beach and just sit there for two months and, you know, maybe take some interesting pictures, travel around the country a bit, find my own. But, you know, it cost me a few dollars a night to live as again. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's a good way um, to live. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. You, I, you, when you're I young of, and free, and yeah, right. I mean, yeah, you can do. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Exactly. I was young and free, and I had no commitments and nothing, no children, <laughs> no mortgage, nothing. And also, you sort of think, you know, maybe this could be a job again. Like, who knows? The photography thing never. It took a long time before I really thought, actually, I'm really good at this. Yeah, and actually start to sort of see, like, right, this is totally what I want to. You know, I'm going to do. And diving, so what, you was know, your, what was your epiphany that I'm an artist, I'm a photographer, I'm an artist? Do you know what 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 that catalyst was for you? No, I'm trying to. I'm not sure I've ever been asked like when it actually. <laughs> I, I do remember a time actually when I think it changed or it sort of registered to me that I'd gone up that level where I was ready to yeah. sort of. I say this, this, you know, in my mind, I was like, right, I'm at the top table now. Whether I actually was, that's another mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, people I think I'd looked up to and wanted to be and wanted to try and master, I was like, I feel my work's there now. Or, you know, in some yeah. cases, I may be overtaken them. And that yeah. was actually in Croatia. It was a, a photographer that I've come to know a little bit through this space, actually. I um, hadn't heard of him for years, called Patrick Difruzia. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name right because it's a French-Canadian okay. name. Yeah, yeah. So he might murder me if he But he'd actually come out to Croatia and he'd shot some an assignment for, I can't remember who he'd done it, but I got shown these images by someone I was working for shooting at a hotel, no, a, um, a restaurant. But, and he was like, oh, I met this guy over on this island and, I sort of just looked at his work and then I sort of that it was, I started trying to understand how he was doing things. It was stuff he'd not done before the use of filters and techniques and the way he was shooting yeah. landscapes more in portrait. And, you know, I think he was a bit of a pioneer in that side of things. I'm not sure he's recognized as that, but I think he probably was. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I kept, and that, that I remember trying to get to that level and suddenly from him, it sort of all opened up and it became like, right. It sort of felt like I'd completed a level. It was like, Oh, yeah. okay, I'm there. And then, uh-huh. So that would have been probably not until 2000. And 
I was back from Guatemala, so I'd been working solidly as a photographer for a long time, but it sort of yeah. felt like I was faking it, is the reality, I guess. It was like, shit, this could end yeah. it. Someone's going to catch me out any time that I'm winging this hard. like, Or like, they're going to, you know. People struggle with that, man. I mean, you know, it's like even my own life, man. I'm a general contractor. I build houses. I'm, I'm, I work, you know, I worked for 10 years as a general contractor. And I always thought like somebody's going to figure out I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, I, I didn't worry me ever. I kind of just was like, yeah, let's go with it. Like, you know, like yeah. all I could ever do was to say yes to something, take it on. Yeah. And it's like, well, if I, you know, at least if I know I put my all into it, that's, you know, that if it's not good enough, then it's not good enough. At least I, I didn't just screw you just by going, you know, hey, I couldn't, you know, I'm not just not ready for that. But so... <laughs> But then uh, there's been a couple of more moments like that where you sort of, and it, they happen like, you know, sporadically, but they're probably, for me, they're like five, ten, seven years apart. You know, they're not very often you complete these levels for my, you know, it felt like the next one after that was probably sort of 2012 when I was like, okay, right. Like now I'm really like a full recognized pro. Like I should be, you know, charging the prices of the top people in the world. Yeah. I should be recognized as this. And I want that. And I, I feel like and once you get that, you sort of, you sort of got that level in photography and then that confidence comes with it, I think. And it was yeah. probably a bit of maturity and age as well goes with that, I guess, maybe. Yeah. So did you start finding the success that you felt you deserved? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I said, I didn't feel like I deserved it, I guess is not the right, I, mean, yeah, I probably I use that term, but, way, but, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it just suddenly it just, you know, you put your prices up and that was my wife's yeah. She's like, just charge what you wanted to do for a job. This right. is what you need. And, <laughs> And then somebody pays it and you're like, okay, like, you know, oh. shit, she was right all along. So yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I've always, I've just signed a big contract to go out and do an assignment in Antarctica for two months. Wow. I mean, you know, that's the dream for me. I was like, you know, I eventually I was going to have to pay to go to, so this is where it really matters to me. I'm, you know, I'm doing in this year, I'm also going up into a job in the Baffin Strait. So I go up Greenland over into the Arctic oh, wow, and then man. back down the back. So these are what I, I think that now I'm getting the recognition definitely that yeah. like it's like all this hard work is, and it's been like that for a few years, you know, lots of assignments for Nat Geo and like lots of covers yeah. and wow. working for big banks and things, but it just suddenly, it just feels like it's on a snowball to be honest as well. And like, again, awesome. in the arts world, whether it's web three, I mean, I've been lucky enough. I never really went into the gallery thing because I just didn't want to give so much percentage away of my art. Okay. But yeah. I, I've again landed in the right place a few years ago with five or six years ago with a huge bunch of collectors of photography and there's happened to be all connected and they had, you know, funds weren't really an issue a bit like the early days of this space, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really stead me in a good sort of vibe. So I've had that going. I've had, you know, everything sort of come together, all those 20, 30 different avenues that I was exploring and having a set angle in. And now just keeping paying me, off all your hard work starts paying off. Yeah. It all just comes yeah. in together. And suddenly it's like now, you, you know, hard to believe, but like when I, well, hard for me to believe, not everyone else probably, but <laughs> you know, well, ho hopefully it's probably hard to believe. I don't know. Anyway, um, that, that I never thought I'd be turning away work. I never thought wow. I'd have to be like, no, or, or even be in a position where I could maybe like, Hey, that job just doesn't even excite me. I'm free. I just don't want to do that. Oh, like, yeah, so I'm not doing it. Like that's, it's yeah. not a monetary thing to me like that. Obviously with any, when you're working hard and you're doing things and you're getting recognition, money comes, but it's the, for me, it's like, I'm still annoyed that I'm not a Nikon ambassador. Do you know what I mean? That bugs me. And it's like, there's no reason, there's no monetary value to that. I can afford all the equipment. It's, you know, yeah, right. it's like, but I, I just want, I, just, I don't even want any equipment. I just want to be able to say that. And these things are like, and again, it's, you know, that's what bugs me. Like, and you know, hopefully they'll hear this now. And be like, right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to send them an email. Yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> tried, nominate, mate. I've tried. Nominate, <laughs> Jordan. Jordan, so we're in, uh, you know, we're in, we're doing this podcast because of this like Web3 connection. You and I met at NFT New York um, recently, um, just a few weeks ago. How did you get yourself into the Web3 space, which is so different than the rest of the traditional yeah. like photography world? But, yeah. I mean, to me, it's, I've, I love, I fell into, I mean, I'll go, why I love it first, I guess, is just because I think I've been, I don't know degen is the right word because I didn't, but like, I've been this sort of person that fits into this space that, you know, buys a crypto dick butt. Like, that's my sense of humor. That was like, <laughs> I, it's like, I don't know why, like, that's just me. So I, I think I've been, and then I got brought into this space and I and told about the technology actually by uh, Ev from Sloika 
who okay. founded 500 px he and he probably doesn't even remember this him and Elia Lacardi, another photographer i think 2019 maybe dragged me into a clubhouse room maybe two, i forget dates it could have been oh, 2000 wow. it's probably 2020 and sort of told me that. and i was remember thinking not really registering the nft side as the art side of it i remember thinking god this technology is going to hold our medical records our house deeds our you know it could help with immigration across borders it could help with education i just thought i didn't know how i was going to utilize it but i thought the technology yeah. of this being able to attach information onto a irrefutable ledger seemed like there's a future here there's a billion or trillion dollar business here and i'm probably not oh, the person yeah. who makes it but i just That's saw cool. dollar signs and i saw opportunity and started looking at it and started looking at how I could get involved in it. Obviously then you find Ethereum and you think, well, okay, I missed Bitcoin like for me. And I, I, mean, I was there, but I didn't have the money or the knowledge or want to risk it. I thought it was a Fugazi sort of thing. Um, pumped a load of money into ETH, did all right out of pure luck really. Um, and then the, uh, then obviously the NFT sort of proper news really broke and then I started getting involved in that really. So that would, I think it was I can't, t- late 2020, maybe something like that. I started sort of getting involved and just looking and doing some research. And then it was probably sort of June, July, 2021 when I really sort of, when I minted anything and actually took the plunge. I, I sat and watched and learned and tried to understand yeah. what the hell was actually going on here. Cause it just seemed unbelievable to me as well. Like it's like, yeah. and especially in that uh, bull market when everyone was just making, you know, tons of money. And it was, right, right. and I was like, pyramid schemes, what's going on here? Is this like insider trading or like, you know, so, and I yeah. knew that I sort of, I wasn't in a rush. I was like, I need this. If you, if I, I was hearing people say things like, you know, you, you have only got one chance if you scam people, if you do something wrong or, you know, it can really yeah. blow your reputation. So I was like, you know, I'm not a scammer. I'm not going to do that, but I, right, right. I'm not in a, I, and I saw the bigger picture, I think, whether it's the right bigger picture, but my bigger picture was actually, you know, yeah, I, I'm missing out on maybe making, you know, these crazy sales of, you know, that people were making that then for mint work and sell out a collection of 30 in minutes, you know, half an ETH each or whatever. But I worked out the maths and I was like, yeah, that's, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand. That's bloody good money. But yeah. actually, I still see doing this right as the hundreds of millions or millions or multiple tens of millions down the line. I'm not talking necessarily from art. I'm just thinking, you know, consultancy yeah. businesses and onboarding people to web three when the world wake, I don't Almost know. There was just, man. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so it was just don't rush. I wasn't. And then I started, you know, put some art out. There. I was like, why the hell am I not doing this? And then it's just gone from there. My art's been appreciated. I've got a really solid collector base. Like nice. they valued the price of my work and, you know, realized that I'm not, going to give it away and value that i think and again i think i'm in a bit of a lucky position as well that i've got a pretty successful career i've got other investments i'm not in a place where i need to just make instant money out of this it's like if it takes five years then so be it whereas which gives me a lot of like loses the anxiety out of it loses the pressure and allows me just to mint do what i want and if it's wrong now i sort of at least i know I've got conviction in what I'm doing rather than just willy nilly doing something for the sake of it. I'm, you know, actively thinking about it. I love that, man. You know, um, <clears throat> funny, uh, you, you referred to yourself as a DJ you know, I, uh, I think that's probably the thing that connects us, right? Like we, yeah. we met each other standing in front of that, uh, little gallery <laughs> at pier 16 in New York. It's like a little yeah. NFT gallery. And you walk up and you're like, it's like DJs, DJs instantly recognize you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. You just know, don't you? It's just like, yeah, we're the right. It's, it's fucking wicked, man. I love that. Have you been to any, was that the first time you've been to like an NFT event or had you been? No. So I was in, I couldn't make New York. I made New York last year. I couldn't okay. do it the year before that. Yeah. And I've been, there was one in London as well, which I went to not, the conference was, it was all right, but I didn't, I mean, there wasn't many side events really. So there was a few people hanging out. Paris I went to in February, I think. Nice. That was fantastic. Like that for me wow. was probably on par with New York. It was incredible to see. Like, Very cool. I thought it'd be more like London, but there was a lot of innovation coming out of Europe. You know, a lot of art that I hadn't seen. A lot of, it was a huge network, a really big, you know, it was on par with New York, I'd say, in terms really? of size and events going on. Cool. and yeah. Yeah, the faces that showed up, the talks that were going on, the value that was being created by the conference and side events. I mean, and just seeing, I, I knew it was in in Europe, but I didn't. It sort of gave me positive vibes that it was not just the US. Like there was going to be this 
still a huge hub in London, Paris, you know, around Europe that, you know, I guess we- you're the first person I've talked to that's been to the Paris event. I didn't, I didn't know it was so, I didn't know it was as like on par with New York. That's great to hear though, actually, you know, yeah, I mean, people are getting excited about the, this whole space all over the world. Yeah, really. And I think it's, it's good. I mean, I, I don't want it to be not in America, but obviously there's a non-American, you know, it's a lot easier for me to get to Paris and even Dubai. Yeah. And it's nice to see this whole, and obviously for anything, it's nice to see a global thing because that's a global marketplace then, which is, you know, for me, great. I don't just want to deal with the US. I want to deal with yeah the whole world. And likewise, the US should, I guess, want to deal with the whole world as well. Everyone wants, it's much better to have an international marketplace than a single marketplace, I guess. I've, I've done new, NFT New York this year, last year, and I did Art Basel, you know, earlier. I was so, really gut. That's the one. I've been to Art Basel before NFTs, um, so like, I don't know, long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to go this year. Missed it because I got a job in Mauritius, which I couldn't turn down, really, for a <laughs> hotel out there. And then this year, I, I could make it. But I think is it around the first of December, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, it's in the, yeah, it's around right before Christmas. And I've got to go to Antarctica on the eleventh of, no, of December, um, oh. <laughs> and I'm there for two months. I'm trying to convince my wife and kids that hey, I've just got to pop over to Miami for a week <laughs> before I go away for two months over Christmas. Like, yeah, I don't Maybe think I'm not the family to Miami the week. You know, that you bribe them. You yeah, know, yeah. Going on a beach <laughs> vacation. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, school is a problem. The children, the wife, it wouldn't be a problem if the kids that hold everything back a little I bit. I believe I met problem. your wife. Was your wife, your wife was with you in New York. Yeah. That yeah, right. yeah, yeah, that's right. So, Enos. Enos, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a really nice lady. Uh, you drag her around to all these events then, huh? That's the first one. She'd never been to the US. <laughs> like She's traveled the world with me, like, I don't know, 80, 90 countries she's been to with me. Wow. And now um she doesn't travel so much because she's actually not that bothered she's like she likes just going to croatia spain italy staying in europe and yeah she ha- did want to go to america because she'd never been and i was like well sure. why don't you come out my parents will look after the kids like it's yeah. a huge value she's as you know she's a sociable person she gets out that she talks to people so it's like kind of a two-person attack you know you can meet more people you can network yeah. harder <laughs> yeah and i said like you know actually I was, you know she often wanted to go to new york and i was like new york's a great city but like you know, you go to the top of the rock, cool, that's a view. You go to the park. I was like, but this is actually a New York that you don't see every day. You're going to go to different bars and meet different oh, people. Yeah. And <laughs> and she loved it. She was like, this is actually, that was really great. Like, I'm not bothered that I didn't see, like, the top of the rock and stuff. It's like, Yeah, we didn't do any of the, like, we, you know, we go to the Zinati events and it's it's a totally different vibe, right? Like, you're yeah. down in the East Village and, you know, going to little clubs that you know, wouldn't normally go to and places you wouldn't normally go and, yeah, exactly that. All the little parties. It's fun. It's a, it's a ton of fun, man. Like, honestly, man, I, I never went to parties like this until I got into NFTs, which is really weird, right? No, me neither. Like, I'm not a party person. When it's <laughs> NFTs, it's just like, it feels like as well to me, it's like, how do I care so much about this when I don't actually care about the money side of it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, what is, yeah. like, and I can't really, because you think, like, okay, I'm doing this for, for like money. That's it. But then it's like, you think, it's like actually i'm not just doing it for money because i was doing it for money i wouldn't be here this would be crazy thing to do like so but and it's just like but just hanging out and just vibing with the people i think like you say i'm meeting a load of people that have got a you know not everyone but everyone's very friendly but a lot of people like yourself and you know that are just like hey this person just gets my vibe like we can hang and it's like 10 minutes <laughs> right. in you're, you're like old mates it's like this is yeah, it's it's great. I'm making, you know, like I never thought I'd make so many friends off of Twitter. And, you know, like, I mean, it's just like, you know, and this, my wife talks like this, the nerd, this nerd, <laughs> <laughs> the group of nerds. You yeah, know? yeah. We're all into like technology and art, and, you know, it's just, but it's, it's like really cool people, man. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's trying to explain. It's like when you explain, if I know it's like in England, if any of your friends are like, yeah, I've got this really cool group of people, like on Twitter, everyone's like, you loser. Like, no yeah, one's interested. Yeah. And you're like, and then if they meet them, they're, because even my wife was the same a bit. And she met everyone. She's like, oh, that was awesome. Those people were amazing. I was like, yeah, right. they're just, in, they're artists, like most of them. They like, or they like art. So we're yeah. going to get on like they appreciate the effort that goes into it and stuff. Dude, I went to the Beeple party here. So Beeple's here in Charleston where I live. And I went to both of the opening events at Beeple's thing, man. And I mean, you talk about wild parties, man. <laughs> I was jealous <laughs> when I saw you post that. I was like, oh, man. Oh, like, man. <laughs> not only is he from Charleston, is that where he lives or is as well? He What's- lives here in Charleston, yes. 
Because I was, so all, I've that, been to Charleston. That studio's right here. I mean, it's in my backyard, man. It's right around. You know, it's not a few miles from here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I was jealous not only because of that. I was thinking, what a cool place. Like, I've I've been to Charleston, and I did a story from that geo a few years ago, all through the deep south and. Charleston nice. and Savannah were my two highlights. I mean, I, I didn't know what yeah. to expect of Charleston. I'd sort of seen pictures and I thought it'd be kind of cool. But then I got there and I was like, damn, this is real good. Like, Charleston's have- a good city to live in for sure. Yeah. 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 It and it's really nice to look around as well, isn't it? Like the waterfront and stuff. Beautiful. Like, really- yeah, man. I mean, you know, I'm into like going in a boat. We have a boat. We go out in the water and, you know, on the weekends, we're just like off on some little desert island beach <laughs> yeah know, that's, it so sounds nice. good i didn't really get yeah. to explore all that but i did i did sort of see people going and doing things you're like damn that looks yeah. good like yeah, well if was, you ever come back man i'll be happy to show you around. i might come back sooner than you expect now <laughs> yeah do it <laughs> it's funny you were talking you when before we started recording you said you were uh you, you had met somebody that's coming to stay with you from nfts yeah so um sarah Lindsay. i don't know if you know of her or she's a photographer uh uh, and she runs a YouTube channel. She does a yellow dress. Oh, she okay. was with me that night when we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Yes, I do know who she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think there may be a picture of us all, some of us together. I, do, I think she I might be in it. I have a picture of us all, yes. Yeah. So she, we connected when we met. We shot, she, I, I actually shot last year in New York was the first time I met her. Uh-huh. And I agreed to collab with her. I actually shot one of her yellow dress shots, which was, and I was the photographer behind it. Normally she get she shoots it herself, but we did it down at the in Dumbo at the Brooklyn Bridge. Wow. Became friends. Then um, we we worked on some other projects that never came to life. Uh, not 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 art, art related, but not actually creating art, like sort of yeah. other stuff that I don't I won't go into, but tech stuff and trying to work on some projects. And it just wasn't. It was too big a team anyway. Gotcha. Then we got approached by uh, Miyamo Matt, who I don't know if you know, who ran Comp Stomp, or well, not ran Comp Stomp, ran Miyamo yeah. and sponsored Comp Stomp. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm familiar with him. So he got he approached us. I think we were the sort of founding group of people. Me, Emma, uh, me, Sarah. Sorry, um, I can't remember. A couple of other people, like a small team, to start being the sort of founding right team on. of Miyamo Art, and we we're like yeah let's do it because we'd sort of wanted to do something similar and we'd been talking it'd not come off and we this seemed like the perfect opportunity and it was a bit more organized it had someone at the helm sort of who'd already taken charge and was putting you know their ideas across it which is what things need it needs somebody who's going to tell people what to do or lead the way um so we got involved in that and then uh, we already knew each other then we hung out in um this year in new york she's coming back to london she was in london i didn't actually get to see her because i was busy doing shoots but then she is coming yeah. back and I just said, Hey, you know, London's crazy expensive. We've got room if you want, you know, we're a little bit out of London, but like, you know, you might, you might just want to get the train in and <laughs> save yourself 200 pound a night or whatever and stay with us yeah. if you want. So yeah, she's coming over. We hung out this time in New York as well. A lot. Like right, you say, we that's there, awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, dude, that's exactly how I ended up in the Beeple event, man. One of the artists who was featured in Beeple's grand opening, David Henry, nobody junior from New York was a guest on my show and he told me he was coming to Charleston to be in the Beeple event. And he's like, Hey, could I crash at your house? Nice. I was, I was like, do you have a plus one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I like it. <laughs> it's, it, it feels exactly like that, but it worked out really good. Mike. Yeah. We ended up getting to go to the Beeple event, which was really awesome, man. You know? It's all about who you know, isn't it? Like, and just like <laughs> give, putting out, putting yourself out there into the world, offering opportunities, and it'll yeah. come back to you some way. And it's like, even yeah. if it doesn't, it goes back to someone else who pays it forward. And you know. But what's really cool is we become great friends, man. You know, like and and so many people from from this space. Yeah, I mean, it feels like for me, I could most people you could sort of say, hey, I'm going to be in your town any chance of a couch to yeah. crash on or a spare room. And they're going to be like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like and it feels it's weird as well. I sort of think about the other day, how like I, I just got blocked, obviously the magazine, I sent it to you. Yeah. You, you claim some tokens. Or the I did, passes, I didn't, yeah. yeah. So I sent it to someone and actually <laughs> it's quite a funny story in a way, because it was so obvious. Like I, she'd had her ape stolen and I was like, Oh, that sucks. Like oh, on no. Twitter. And I was like, genuine. And then she followed me and I already followed her. And I was like, Oh, and then I, for some reason, I, and she said in her bio, it said world traveler. So I was oh. like, Oh, it'd be nice just to say to her, like, Hey, I'm going to send you some of these, like, or, you know, you can claim some of these, like it's world travel, you know, obviously it's not going to make up for your ape, yeah, but like, 
and she blocked me. She was like, scammers are getting really clever now. She obviously saw my profile and like, so it was like, this guy's totally oh, scammer. She's like, and I was like, oh no. And that it brought, it made me think. Cause like, and obviously she blocked me and I was like, I tried to reach out to someone to sort of say, Hey, can you tell her that? Like, I don't care if she doesn't unblock me. That doesn't bother me. But yeah. just that there is some people that are just actually daft. Maybe when she, I saw it from her side, I was like, I can see why she's thinking like this. She's in that place yeah. at ape stolen. And yeah. it was a daft thing to do probably, but it was just like, I was like, you know, I was trying to be nice and it, but I remember when I first joined the space, everyone was very sort of like, you know, not wanting to be doxxed and things like that. And it's now, obviously, some people still don't, but it seemed when they come up in open, when you meet in real life, it really changes that whole perspective of actually who's real and who's not. And it's For not, sure. it doesn't feel as scammy as it felt before you'd met people. Before it was always that fear of like, I don't know if I should let them know my address or how the town I live in. And now I'm like, and I guess as well, having my security game a bit more on point than when you first start off helps with your how confidence. Do you, how do you manage security? Do you have like a hardware wallet? Do you use wallet? Yeah, hardware wallet. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm both, I think I'm equally rubbish and good at the same time. Like the, the <laughs> methods I probably use uh, uh, are not the greatest in terms of like, yeah. I just got an old laptop that does have a heart because I'm paranoid as well about having everything in one hard wallet. And then obviously at some point I have to connect that to something because I have to spend right. some of the money or, and it's like, so I've tried, I sort of have a lap, I have a, the, how do I do it? So I have a cold wallet that's got it all on that yeah. goes on to, that gets interacted with an old laptop that does nothing apart from just will transfer stuff gotcha. that goes into another sort of semi warm ledger that's then <laughs> that's then used on the actual live computer with the that goes into the actual meta that i actually yeah. purchase things from so i've been told it's an all right method i'm sure there's better that ways sounds to like do a pretty it, but... that sounds like a pretty tight method man i mean like i don't actually, know how you break into a ledger i don't know if it's even possible i, I don't think they've even it, uh, the claim is they've never been done and i don't think it's a <clears throat> unloyal i think it's a, i think it'd be found out pretty quick if you can get somebody's ledger is if you know their seed phrase and that's like you know if yeah you get yeah seed phrase, that's like their keys you know so i don't yeah I don't know how to do it. I mean, I, I don't click, I don't have it on my phone as well, although I do want to get it on my phone. And what I might, I was speaking to, uh, I met uh, Blue Orgy in. Um, yeah, he's a friend yeah, of mine, yeah. man. Yeah, him. okay. Yeah, yeah, so we, yeah, really we hung funny, out. Man. I mean, <laughs> how much of it, I don't drink, how much of it was remembered because they were partying pretty hard. It was just me, yeah. Lord Tr Lord Truff, and a few, and it, it, you know, our partners. And um, Where were you? Where did you meet them? So we, I was with Truff, and we went. Were you at like Midtown party at the Dream Hotel? Maybe no, we were at Comp Stomp, and I was at with. Comp so Stomp. Lord gotcha. Truffington, I don't know if you do you know him. Yeah, I met him. Yeah, yeah so he's yeah. become a very good friend of mine. He's obviously Italian, but he's a Londoner, really. I mean, yeah, yeah. And we, we just vibe. We get on like you know, we're just mates. Like there's no like artist collector. It's just like there's. I say what I want to him. He says what he wants to me. You know, yeah. it's like being with an old mate. And he was just talking. He obviously, I don't know if he just met him or knew him, but they were like, he was like, yeah, come to this bar on this hotel near not too, a few blocks away. So yeah. a few of us went up there and um, we ended up nice. spending like three or four, you know, till three or four in the morning just out partying and wow, having a good time. Man, nice. yeah. But he was saying like, you could, why not just put like a super cold wallet on your phone? So even if it gets hacked, because I'm worried about the phone right. putting like, you know, pressing a link because that's where you've got to search everything. You need information. You need just to get, things done right now i'm on the road yeah, i have a cold wallet on my phone I use. which i was like why yeah why did i not even think of that because i was like oh there is times when i'm just like in new york i'm just like, i want to buy that but i you know i don't yeah. want to i'm definitely not going to have I my ledger a little bit me. of eth in there and actually i got it connected so my coinbase i can just transfer eth from my coinbase to my cold yeah. wallet that's on and my phone and buy whatever i want with the money right then and then transfer it to my hot wallet you yeah know? that's because there's things like you know like the free mint for the journey obviously i don't need to mint that or claim that but like if I had it there, if someone else gave me that and I was there with my wallet, I'd just claim it. But right. if you let me go home and then I forget and, you know, it's like you'd have to chase me up and, I, you know, I'd do it, but it would be yeah. more effort for you and it's more effort for me feeling bad going, yeah. God, I could have just... So he was just like, yeah, just put a couple of hundred dollars in it or whatever you want. Yeah. Like, and, you know, what money that you are prepared to lose, you understand that it's, you know, the riskiest yeah. situation it could be in. But like... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you're involved in this journey magazine, which just minted a bunch of tokens. Uh, I claimed a few myself because Thank you, you very uh, much. were kind enough to point me in that direction. What, um, what's going on with this journey magazine? Can you explain it? So yeah, in 2000, so when I was in Croatia doing a job in the summer of the pandemic, I want to say yeah, 2020 and two magazines in the UK had just gone under the Sunday travel magazines and, and also clients of mine, Lonely Planet travel magazine and the Sunday Times travel magazine. And for some reason, 
I thought, oh, this will be a good time to start a travel magazine because, you know, two of the big players are no more. So there's only a couple out there. Let's And I rang my business partner who we do some other workshops and tours with and said, hey, what do you think about this? Expecting for him to be like, you're crazy. Like, you know, let's not bother. But he was like, let's do it. I feel it. I think it sounds good. Let's go for it. And he, we'd actually, as it turned out, we before we started the workshops, we'd had a meeting, I don't know, seven, eight years ago about starting a magazine by artists, by creatives, for creatives to actually support the industry rather than, you know, these other brands taking all the money and it going to, you know, the heads and the art of photographers, writers, creatives not getting paid correctly and right. the whole thing sort of imploding. And he was like, I was like, oh, maybe that's where I got the idea from. And I had it like stored in my subconscious. Yeah. So that's what we, this is still not before Web3, but before my sort of delve into Web3 fully, I was aware of it, but, you know, and watching and paying attention, but not really crossing the two over. Um, And we started the magazine, so we actually decided to crowdfund it. So we needed, I think, £7,000, give or take, was what we sort of asked for. And we ended up getting okay. it like in a few days, and then it ended up oh, doubling. Man. And then this, the whole thing was everything just goes back to the photographers and the art, the writers. So all the money, you know, take out all the printing costs and it's a support product for, so see people through the pandemic, really. We would sort of, we'll probably do one. And it, it's more like a book than a magazine. So it basically then got like all the support. Everyone jumped on it. Like all the writers, photographers wanted to help. All the tourist boards were like, hey, we want to help. We want to be featured in here. You know, it was just blowing up. We got awarded the uh, Travel Magazine of the Year for our first issue, beating out like Nat Geo Traveler, Condé Nast, Wanderlust, you know, these big, fairly big names. So, so and then cool, obviously man. that just grew it even more. And then yeah. we started to think of ways actually, okay, we've got this initial burst, you know, it's got to a 5,000 sort of people readership, which is obviously not much. But, you know, when you take in even Nat Geo in the UK is at like 45,000 and a lot of those are given away. Right which is fine. That's still readership, but we didn't want to, we don't take adverts as well. So we didn't take, we don't take advertising. Okay. We do allow sponsors of the magazine. So that's just a front, like this issue sponsored by the Arizona tourist board or by Pakistan, but it's very sort of tastefully done. It's not just plastered adverts. Like a lot of magazines, it's really almost, you're getting a coffee table book. I gotcha. Yeah. So we, that's just released its fourth issue. And we've for about a year now, I was like, this is basically what we've built here is a web three business in web two like our moral about community, about support, about giving back, about getting artists, creatives on the road. And it was like, well, we need to find a way to cross these over. One, to build audience. We fully believed, as I said already, like in the blockchain technology and the Web3, NFTs, tokenization was going to be the future of, you know, it might not be for five years, but we're like, we want to be on the head of this. Yeah, And we already are ahead of it. I mean, we're already working with, you know, I can't name any names. It's still early days, but, you know, tourist boards, countries, PR agencies, products who realize the value of this and we're the only people doing it really i mean it could we might it's a bold claim be the only travel magazine in the world that's all the first and the only at the moment that's tokenizing its content how do you um how do you how do how does the tokens you know so if you're a token holder how does that help so did you claim all five is that what you claim yeah 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 not not that i wasn't questioning (laughs) but so I'm a yeah, DJ, we, and if I can claim yeah, five, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's okay. kind of what we, we hope. So, the, the, the method is that we wanted to put a mint pass out um, to see to to build, um, and it's gone. It's backfired a little bit because of gas at the moment. The shitcoin uh, wars, as you know, but I think a lot. Hopefully, a lot more would be claimed if it wasn't forty, it's sixty, hundred dollars right now. Are pumping mm. gas up. Yeah, know, exactly. And obviously, I, I didn't know that was coming. I didn't really yeah. register it. It just, you know. But anyway, I, and it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day we're not going anywhere right? and you're going to be able to get this going. So I, what I did was I wanted to do an original thousand of, of a mint pass that would allow you to collect. So once you claim the mint pass, the mint pass allows you to then pick up the next three issues of the magazine as NFTs okay. in full. So they'll right. come on actually as a flip through magazine, as an NFT. Yeah. Um, obviously like, I'm aware that it's not going to be the most readable thing. Like, you can read it, but it's obviously not, super easy to read like that so it will become some experience with magazines in web3 i've been a collector of the nft mag uh, the nft magazine since its inception and okay I have, I have all the uh, first you know i have all the first ones and actually it's a readable magazine online 
yeah, well, that I'm familiar I mean, with it. I'll let you. I'll send you a link. I, I think I have seen it, but I'd like to discuss it because I'm, I'm again. This is all stuff yeah. that we're sort of looking to improve. Yeah, and nothing. really, it actually works pretty well. I'll show. I'll send you what they're doing. Yeah, that'd be great. And I yeah. might have seen it as well. And this that sort of thing is actually why we started thinking like with the first magazine to come on. It was like, well, Times done their one issue. There's yeah. other magazines, and yeah. I think maybe we are sort of one of the. I think it's fair to say we're probably the only travel magazine, especially the only travel one that does actually has a physical with it as well. I haven't actually, seen travel magazine, you know, definitely no. the NFT magazine. I think the NFT magazine claims to be the first fully on-chain readable magazine. Yeah. <laughs> but so I that, don't know if they actually are or not. Who knows? I mean, it's hard to, you know. Yeah. And that's <laughs> what I was like. I was like, there could have been somebody who just did it in 2017. Yeah, and it, they, they've got the claim of it. It's like, so, you know, right. but the point yeah. is as well, it's not really, we don't, I don't need the first other than for my ego, which isn't that bothered. But as far as the people we're working with, if they yeah. come in, when they want to work in Web3, tourist boards, our connections, they come to us or they will come to us. Yeah. Because we'll be seen as the people who are doing it. We're putting out press releases. We're actively saying, you know, we don't expect you to do much, but we know that they're going to. It might be a year. It might be 18 months. It might be five years. Yeah. We don't, we're not going anywhere. So, how long that time makes it'll pay dividends we believe eventually yeah for the magazine but what it's obviously i've so we that gets you the lot of the three magazines and I, the reason we sort of toyed and we may even extend that we can so you can actually claim the physical as well so we've had to charge the will have to be posting but anyone who owns one can actually get in contact with us and say hey i'd like the physical as well uh-huh. it'd be free so for someone like you i think it'd be end up being like 30 dollars we have to charge posting because it varies yeah, yeah. so massively so for yeah. you, it'd be thirty dollars. Someone in the UK, they're talking a couple of pounds to get the physical yeah. copy of the magazine. So, and obviously, you don't have to claim it either. But right on. And then we, for, for first off, I started thinking like obvious choice. You think, oh, we should charge money for this. So like, oh, we'll do one ETH. We'll add loads of value. We'll add educational stuff. We'll do this. We'll give you. And I was like, hang on a sec. We haven't got time to do that. And even if we, you know, how many people are going to pay an ETH for it? So even if we get fifty, and that's like hundred, that's a hundred fifty hundred ETH at the time is probably like you know a hundred thousand pound. It was like that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but it's not. If I completely burn this project to the ground by not adding a lot of value to it for one ETH, then <laughs> the whole thing's kaput. Right. And I was like, I'm not sure we have the time. I've got a lot of commitments to do my own work, and I was like, and I, yeah. and I, and I also wanted. Then I was thinking, I want artists to be involved in this. this is for artists and. How many of them are going to have an ETH or spend an ETH? No disrespect to artists, like that. It's not, yeah, right. and it's all just going to do that. A lot of ETH, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, then I was like, okay, maybe we should do it like 0.01. And then I was like, okay, but so the amount, even if I sell a thousand of those, it equals absolutely nothing. So the time put in for me is just like this is a waste of time, like because I've made yeah. us like five grand now. Right. But I've put in so many hours to this that it's just not, <laughs> right. you know, I might as well just give in the magazine five grand. You know what I mean? Right. I, I get so, it. So <laughs> um, uh, I then was like, okay, let's, we should just do it free, actually. Because what we can do then, we worked out, we're like, okay, so we built this ecosystem, I guess. I, haven't, I think ecosystem, I haven't really worked out the best term, but each number of subscribers who claims a token or a mint pass, sorry, or the magazine is shown as a subscriber because you are you are buying, you are getting the magazine, you are reading it, yeah. you are it's there, it's in your hands, and that's what the, the figures are cared about. When you know people want to see their 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 sponsorship, their whatever, in front of eyes, basically, they don't care whether they paid yeah. for the magazine or didn't pay for the magazine or how much right. they paid or where what format they saw it in. The point is, you're still seeing it. So that led us into okay that free is going to get us more subscribers assuming gas wasn't there yeah um and then that obviously allows us to we've built our digital content up, we will take more advertising obviously allows us to get more people out on the road through that because we can only do yeah. you know 60 ish 60 stories a year isn't that many we can't support that many people but right obviously if we grow into our digital content so one we can charge more sponsors that's get that sponsored get that funded pay photographers pay writers pay artists we can actually pay the right amount of money uh or, or you know so they have a successful living and we could potentially you know get one a week out one a day if you you know once the ma- you know in 10 years if the magazine keeps growing we could have photographers all over the world doing stories for us that they could then become on chain they could go in the physical magazine there's so many different options that i'm oh, still ironing out and this is why I didn't want to promise anything because I was like, it could change as things come up and, you know, angles of the way we can do things. Right. But that then led to, I was like, okay, so if we're doing that, we're getting this readership up. That's great. People are prepared to spend more. And I actually worked out if we get the digital content, if people actually then, so we, so sorry, let's go back a bit. We built, a, we managed to get a collection fund together as well, funded by some of our IRL collectors who were like, hey, we want to get involved in this. We don't want to 
we don't understand it, but we want a slice of this pie. <laughs> like, and not even for money. They don't want to make profit on it. If it makes profit, it would all go back into charitable organizations and things like that, or back into the mag or back into artists. Absolutely. They were like, let's do it. So we built this fund. And then we're like, okay, so we've got this fund. That's fantastic. We can support artists, help us, get, you know, promote. If you collect work, you obviously get a bit more traction, as we all know is the honest truth of this space. Yep. You know, if you collect, you get more people traction around you. And we were like, well, we can't get collect work about DMs, so maybe we should just start a format where people can drop their piece they want us to have a look at, um, you know, and we'll look at maybe collecting. And then we're like, okay, if, the, if people do that, there'll be one spending time on a page, which will show hits to a page of a piece of content, which can add value to it, that people are spending time and hits to a page. We will potentially collect some of that work as well. Yeah. Also, then we were like, so we're building this, if people play, if people get on board with this and this whole ecosystem, that we'll have this art, then we'll like, actually that will build us like a little black book as well for ourselves or where we can get people, you know, in Charleston or in Cairo yeah. or wherever. So yeah. we've got, or just, oh, that person's got a good, we've become across artists that we'll keep for ourselves just to go, right, here's that job come up. I'm going to come up with this person, this tourist board or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, okay, so that's cool. That, that helps the artist that, you know, that giving something back for nothing you know, if they believe in this ecosystem, and then it was also my, you know, I build a lot of connections with collectors in real life and in a lot in Web3 as well. Yeah. I was like, why don't we build like a little collective? Like we're actually, you know, there's a lot of curators in this space, but how many of them are actually curators? Or how many have actually, you know, put, you know, curated X amount of galleries or exhibitions or for me, creating a magazine and putting together, you know, 80 stories and features that all go really well together and work is pretty high level of curation going on oh absolutely <laughs> and regularly so i was like we you know the as this grows people might come in and sort of see these trap we'll sort of highlight some of the best photographers or people we think you know emerging and established so that when collectors come in eventually they might go this is the place you want to buy sort of travel documentary landscapey you know travel travel broadband related stuff you come to the journey you know black book or whatever it might be created a directory and you can find different artists and go through it and then wow you know, you might collect them, someone else might collect them. And again, yeah. none of this is going to just blow up in the next six months, I don't think. But if you think five years, if we keep building this brand and keep pumping yeah. and pumping. and It's got a lot of potential. I uh, I, I mean, I'm already, like, I got ideas going off in my head for you. <laughs> well, so this is what I want. I mean, like, but you can do this, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I want all of these because I, I, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a big believer in people, you know, helping me out i don't there's a the only way i know anything is by someone telling me or me learning it or you know oh yeah man so yeah. I, I welcome people pumping ideas i mean i obviously can't all be done because it you know <laughs> and maybe they can i mean i think once this gets legs we can build a bit of, if we you know we're really doing something we're not just like a lot of projects where it's like yeah you know we look like we're doing a load of stuff for the community but really we're actually just bagging a load of eth is the reality of it how ourselves. many tokens how many tokens minted on your uh, initial so, um, 281 as of nice. now, nice. I think I'm just refreshing for you. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's yeah. It. I, I mean, I, I is haven't, still, pumped. is it still open to claim? Can people still claim tokens? Yeah. From- so it's still claimable for the next 28 days. I may actually extend that as well. We, we so there's a different option. So I've done this as the series one tier one. So my plan right. was I hoped a thousand would mint out quicker. And I think they probably would, I think it would be more like seven, 800 if yeah. gas wasn't at 30, $40. And I mean, Gas is crazy right now, and uh, you know the volume in NFT Web three right now, like just the sales volume of anything is just super low. You know, like the the engagement I feel is low. The general morale of the space is a little low (laughs) vibes right now. It definitely is, I think. I mean, a lot of artists leaving. I mean, I think that's a perfect opportunity to build. Yeah, that's what I think. I'm, I'm for me, like I like the quiet time, and I don't know if it's, you know, if if, yeah. if if it could be, I'd like it to be like this all the time. I mean, obviously, it would be nice to make a bit more money out of things. When, yeah, but again, I'm not bothered about this space in terms of money. I th- I'd be doing a lot of different if I was just trying to make money out of it. I make my money in the real world if I make a few sales here and there. Yeah, I mean, a prime example of this, I think, was, and this is no blame on anyone, but I was think, talking, thinking about the last few days or weeks, even that. You know, when I first got into the space, and still today you'll hear it, people going, oh, you should, you know, really like keep keep supply low, don't mint too much, keep it. And it's like, that's fine. But now with the emergence of AI, I mean, if you had stuff, even if it wasn't listed for sale, but you'd minted it in 2019, 20, even 21 to an extent, one, 
I, I, the provenance of that is proof that it's a real photograph far more than that's a, I, arguably there should have been more minting going on of um of work even if it's not listed for sale just getting that provenance of date stamping gotcha. that this was put up there and when you know in five years when it really is ai's in a full beast that everyone's using it's almost like hey this is the digital negative so photography could go up and change it. What do you? What's your viewpoint on AI? I like talking about this with artists. I'm, I'm you know, it's, I'm getting kind of some mixed reads on it. What do you feel? It's art. If they can do, anyone can do what they want. As far as I'm concerned, like, I'm not. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, it's not photography for me. I mean, that's end of like because it's not. No, it's definitely not <laughs> photography. <laughs> right. no, I mean, it's like you know, it, that that's that's not negotiable for me because it's not using a camera. But right. Um, and I'm all for it. So if people are doing it and can make money out of it and they're loving it, it's not for me. I mean, because what I love yeah. about photography is capturing that raw moment and capturing something yeah. and seeing it. I don't want to yeah. not, I want to see it in real life myself more than anything. I want to see, witness those moments and capture those moments. That's what I love doing. I don't, I mean, I pre, I look at AI and like it, but I don't, I've got no desire to really create it. I'm not going to change up to do it just to make some money or, I'm a photographer. That's my uh, medium of uh, like my preferred, like or I love, I love photography and I love talking to photographers and I, you know, I'm, I'm not a very good photographer, but I like to take photos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how it all starts though. That's the main thing. I mean, just yeah, doing but it, I've been it? doing it a long time and I'm not really good at it. <laughs> but you've got, like I, I say, it took me years. Like you've got to, you've just yeah. got to keep going. It's like anything, but yeah, it's, it's not easy to keep just going and going as well. You've got to be stubborn as, yeah that's true man i i always you know i I, i've been i've been shooting with this fuji mirrorless camera for about a year right now and i'll tell you what like just i I feel like it's i feel like the camera's way more advanced than i am (laughs) i hear you there my my, i still shoot like like i'm shooting a film camera i don't I mean, I'm, yeah. I probably I press the shutter more because I have the more freedom in a moment right. to like far away, not just willy yeah. nilly, but like, yeah. why would I not capture the perfect moment in ten? Sh- if I could take ten different shots and it cost me the same amount of money, you know, it's not right. like film. But right. I don't use anything my camera uses. I use spot metering still. I usually use my own. Like, <laughs> I use autofocus, I guess. But other than that, I meter myself. I, you know, yeah. and I'm like. Can they just make a camera that's got this sensor really big? Ba- I don't need any of this other stuff that I'm paying thousands of dollars for. I don't need to know GPS. I don't need to know like all, all of right. this sort of stuff. I don't need graphs on it. Like I'd rather, I mean, they're nice to have all this stuff, but it's like, yeah, if you can, just, if you can half really the price of that stuff, who uses yeah, it? I don't know. I'd rather man. you half the price of the camera like, <laughs> and got rid of all that. But, uh, that's what's up, but as far as AI, like I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's amazing, like what we can do. And I think, again, I think the AI stuff yeah. for me, where it really interests me, is the tech behind it. In the fact that I sort of, I was, I was sat with some people in a job in Turkey doing some, you know, pretty intelligent and successful business people, and they were like, "The, the money here is is um, the Google's out. Google's dead." They were like, "This is how you're going to search stuff now." AI. This is how. Oh. This is the world. And they were like, oh. the money play now is to find out how you get your business to be the top of that search engine. That's what and I was like, he's like, I don't know what it is, but that's your money play. Imagine you can be the first guy who worked out how to get to the top of Google. He's like, you're going to rake it in, whatever your business yeah. is. You'll be the top yeah. person. And that, to me, is interesting. Because it's like, okay, that's, you can, that's not using AI for art. That's using it for a business. Like, that interests me because it's like, okay, how do I... When you search travel photography, how do you find me at the top of AI? And I've no idea what the answer is, but if you, there you go. crack that nut, then God help. Yeah. You're going to be busy. Then, yeah, man. Then, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what's <laughs> up. I, I totally agree with you, man. Yeah. Um, you know, people that are like starting that are paying attention right now and are really, you know, the, I think the people that are paying attention right now are going to come out on the top of this, this deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I hope I'm one of them, or I'm either gonna have a bloody good time doing it. Like it's well, gonna be a lot of fun. I, mean, I, I read and talk. I talk to a lot of people. I like to ask a lot of questions, and I, I read what I can. And you know, yeah, what else can you do, man? You know? I think it will pay off. This I think for me, I found that if you're prepared to give something to time, as you probably know, like you know, the older yeah. you get, the sort of more knowledgeable you get, you get less in a rush. You realize that actually, yeah, what seemed totally unachievable you and you were, yeah, you know, ten years ago is now the, you're living it. 
And it's like, sure. and also 10 years doesn't seem like that long anymore. You know, it's yeah. like, it used to seem like an eternity. <laughs> no. Now it's like a couple of days. You're like, holy. So time, time definitely is moving. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of moving faster. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of time on my hands, but I feel like I have more time for things to come off as it were like, you know, and I'm more patient, which is I think part of anything really. If you do that, if you're patient, work hard. Nice. Eventually something comes off. Jordan, it's uh, the top of the hour, man. I, I uh, thank you so much for your time. Before we hop off, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to say about yourself or what's going on in your art or your life or your career? No, I don't think so. Nothing. Yeah, you know, that was a good conversation. Yeah, I can't. I'll, as soon as we hang up, I'll be like, "Damn, I should have asked that." But no, it's okay. <laughs> I'll just DM you if that's the case. That's all right. But, we'll be. I'll, uh, I feel like you and I are going to be bros, man. I, yeah. I really well, I know so, man. But I hope so. Yeah. I kind of had that vibe right when I met you. I was like, well, I, I just think, like this guy. You know? Yeah, you got a good energy about you as well, man, which is nice. I like people like that who just immediately I like, see the good in people, and it's like you've got to prove to me that you're a dickhead before I think you are. Like, which is a good way to. Be. it's like this yeah. person's cool until they prove me wrong like yeah man i love that yeah so it's probably that southern hospitality as well that you've got down yeah there, if you're right? over this side of the the world man you got to hit me up and uh you can definitely crash at my house anytime man likewise <laughs> man likewise <laughs> right on well uh if people wanted to find out about you your journey magazine your your how to get in touch with you what's the best way to do that uh, my DMs are open on Twitter, which is J underscore Banks photo. So reach out to me on there. Uh, the website for uh, Journey is uh, www.jrnymag.com. And my own website is uh, jordanbanksphoto.com and emails and contacts. Yeah, you have a link tree in your, um, in your profile or something? Yeah, link trees in my profile with all I'll, the contacts. I'll drop your link tree in the show notes. So if people want to get in touch with you through there, they can find you. Yeah, I'm very open to hit, you know, helping people out, seeing what I can do, and you know. Jordan, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Likewise. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Ledge, and thanks to Jordan Banks for coming on as my guest today. I'll drop a link to your link tree in the show notes below. If you enjoy listening to The Ledge, please rate and review me on the podcast platform of your choice. Share it with your friends. Retweet me on Twitter. Uh, any uh, any help there would be greatly appreciated. And I'll see you guys all out here next week on the ledge. Yeah.